good morning um, to my brother and dear friend, uh, Pastor Shipman. We count on the blessing and the privilege to uh, be invited to share uh, this uh, Lord's Day with you, and particularly this uh, day of celebration, celebrating your eighth year uh, as a, a church here in the Huntsville area. God is good. And we understand and know uh, that uh, what he puts together, uh, he is able to sustain it and keep it. Amen? Amen. Amen. I just want to uh, just thank uh, Pastor Shipman again and just say to him, to the officers, members, and friends of this church, it's good for us to be here. As Pastor Shipman stated, I have my wife, Gloria, where you stand, and uh, who's a wonderful uh, cheerleader. She's a timekeeper as well. <laughs> and to my uh, lovely mother, uh, who is here also. Uh, now, now she, she believes that in Christ we can move mountains, and uh, it's been a blessing to have her. And I have my brother, uh, my brother-in-law, and my sister who live here in Huntsville, and uh, we informed them that we would be here sharing uh, uh, this morning. So again, uh, we're just delighted uh, to be with you. Now, Pastor Shipman, as I got up and I looked toward the back, I didn't see a clock. Uh, about three weeks ago, I was in Cooksville, Mississippi, preaching, and I didn't see a clock. And I forgot to check my watch. But all I have to do is look at my wife, and uh, she uh, will give me a sign and let me know uh, that I need to uh, go ahead and finish up so the people may go on about the Lord's business. Um, let me just say before I introduce uh, today's uh, sermon, uh, after uh, spending time with Pastor Shipman and walking out into uh, the sanctuary, I had the opportunity to be reminded that I knew uh, our brother uh, DeMarcus and his uh, uh, lovely wife, uh, Patience. Uh, that they were part of uh, the summer project that was uh, hosted, uh, I guess, by Briarwood back in the day. And uh, they told me some things that I didn't even uh, remember, but they're still very young. So uh, it, it's good to be young and to have a, 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 a wonderful uh, memory. Uh, we praise God for that. Let me just say something about uh, really uh, the summer project. Uh, we have a couple that are with us in Birmingham as well. Sam and Renita Matthews, and to see them here, I just want to commend you all. You all are a special group of young people because God has blessed you all to populate various churches. And what I've discovered is that uh, these young people are very faithful and committed to the things of the Lord. And so I just want to just um, acknowledge that and just say uh, praise God for what he was doing uh, during that time. Amen? And he's done a fantastic job. Now, I know a little bit about your history as uh, for several years I served as uh, the chair of uh, Mission to North America uh, with the Evangel Presbytery. And uh, before the Presbytery split, uh, the churches in this area were part of it. Now you're part of Providence uh, of Presbytery. And I remember coming up and meeting with Mark Stein, and he was just getting things going. He was doing community development. God had given him a heart and passion 
uh, for this area, and we would meet with him on a number of occasions to talk about, uh, again, uh, what God would have him to do in the community. One thing, though, he really made clear, he realized, I can do community development, but what will be the foundation of the community? And he concluded that it, a church had to be the foundation of the community. If the community was going to turn around, if it was going to go on and prosper and impact the residents in the area, that God needed to plant a church. And he did do that. And uh, my brother Shipman didn't realize that God providentially uh, had chosen him. Uh, as the Lord said about Jeremiah, before he was formed in his mother's womb, God knew him and called him. And so while you perhaps uh, did not realize that you and your first lady, God did. And i just like to commend you for being obedient to the spirit of the living God. Amen? And brother, I just want to commend you and the congregation for your leadership. Uh, as is printed in the, the bulletin, uh, the theme for uh, my sermon is celebrating proven service. And I'm thankful to God for placing that on my heart because it is an appropriate theme when I uh, think about your beginnings. And God has brought you all a mighty long way. And uh, we praise God and thank God for it. Uh, let us pray and we will look at into the scripture. Father, we do thank you and praise you for this day of celebration. Uh, what an awesome God you are. Truly, you are faithful. But it's even more gratifying when there is a people who have responded to that faithfulness by being faithful as well. Uh, we praise and thank you for the faithfulness of this people, the faithfulness of our brother Alex, along with the leadership team here, that through their faithfulness over the past eight years, you have moved in an awesome way uh, to grow this church and to plant this church, as he has stated, to be here long after we have gone off the scene and we uh, count on a blessing and a privilege. Do bless now and honor your word. Uh, may it encourage uh, the hearts of the people. And we thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, this morning, we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 6, verses 9 through 12. But verse 10 will be the primary focal point of today's sermon. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 9 through 12. Even though we speak like this, dear friends, we are confident of better things in your case. Things that accompany salvation. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. We want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end in order to make your faith sure. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. The word of the Lord. Father, we ask now, bless and honor your word, and we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Celebrating proven service. Proven service. Service that has produced fruit in God's church and in the lives of God's people. That's proven service. When uh, God, through the work of the Spirit, has produced fruit 
in any given situation of work uh, that he has ordained. And in the lives of the people that are part of that, uh, it, in other words, proves or confirms or demonstrates that God is in the midst of it. One thing we learned well, and, and Paul did a wonderful job when they were debating over who followed Paul, uh, who followed Christ, and Cephas, what have you. He went on to say, all we do is plant and what? Water. But it is God who gives the increase. So at the end of the day, we do our part, but then we can trust and count on God to do his part. We can trust and count on God to be faithful. And my brother, I want to say to you and um, your membership here, God indeed has been faithful. How does one prove his love for God and his people? Uh, my mother's oldest sister, who is deceased, used to say to me, love is what love does. Now, we know we cannot work what for salvation. It is uh, not merited. It is the free gift of God. But once we have been saved as evidence of a changed life, then God calls on us to render service one to another. Amen? Amen. It's, it's one thing to say you love me. It's another thing to demonstrate and show me that you love me. For eight years, you have proven your love for God and his people by what you have done. You have prayed, preached, paid, planted, and performed. That's proven service. Amen? Uh, in other words, if uh, the ministry is going to make a difference, you have to be willing to put your hand to the plow. And if you put your hand to the plow, then God will bless you. He will prosper that which he has given you to do. Now, the background of today's text comes obviously from Hebrews. And we have to see Hebrews, if you will. Uh, it reminds us that God is a covenantal God. God keeps his covenant with his people. Amen. And that's important to know that uh, one who has called us, saved us, one who we serve, he keeps his covenant. As my brother Alex would say, we don't always have together, but God is a covenant God. Amen. And I think Paul said where he looks beyond our faults and what he sees our need. That's grace and mercy, my brothers and sisters. And I'm so glad it's not based on performance. I'm so glad it's not based on me being good enough or you being good enough. It is based on uh, the grace and the love of God. Now, what we have as we look at these particular verses, uh, these verses are part of a section of chapter 5 and 6 where the epistle writer is dealing with uh, apostasy. Now, we can uh, think about it. We perhaps ourselves are in a period of apostasy where people are what? Falling away from the church. The tradition of the church is not as popular as it used to be. We can offer all kind of reasons and excuses for not wanting to assemble ourselves together. And what we need to appreciate and recognize, this is nothing new. The Hebrew writer writes about it. We are experiencing it also. And 
uh, Solomon reminds us there's nothing new under the sun. Times have changed, but guess what remains the same? People remain the same in the sense that they need a Savior. And without the grace of God at work in our lives through the person of the Holy Spirit, we will continue to do those things that mankind has always done. So at the end of the day, we praise God and thank God, if you will, for change. But the greatest change we thank him for is we thank him for changing us. We thank him for transforming us, for making us new, my brothers and sisters. There's a lot to thank God for. For the past eight years, and I'll use the acronym TBC. I saw that in your bulletin, so I thought then I would not be out of order if I used the acronym TBC. For the past eight years, TBC, you have proven your service. And that's saying a lot. But I can say that because, again, God has allowed me by uh, providing the opportunity for us to be here today to see how far God has brought you. When we were meeting here with Mark Stern, uh, the facility was not in the condition that it is now. And when you uh, walked in and looked at it, the question uh, came to mind, can any good thing <laughs> come uh, out of this facility? But God reminds me, they, they asked that about Christ. And, and here, as I stand before you today, you are living proof. Uh, that God is able to take that which appears uh, to be lacking and raise it up and develop it to the point to where it can bring him honor and glory. Uh, for a few minutes, I'm going to talk about uh, your proven service. Uh, first of all, you have proven your service by your spirit of service. In uh, verse 10, we have the word love in that verse. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and labor of love. Your spirit of service has uh, revealed that you do love uh, the Lord. Amen? Service that God approves and is a blessing to people is that which is done in a spirit of love. Service that God approves now. It's not what we would approve, but what he approves, and it's a blessing to the people, is that which is done in a spirit of love. Love must be the motivating factor if service is going to be effective, transformative, and sustainable. And this uh, love starts with our love of the Lord. Our brother, you talk about the cross being the center of all of our brokenness. And it's the center because God is love. John declared that he does not grow in love or he has love in degrees, but he is love. It is his essence. It is his being. His love was demonstrated, first of all, when he created us in his image. That was the love of God. And then you turn around and recognize the fall in the garden. Once again, God's love is on display. The Lord told Adam and Eve, Adam, particularly the day that you eat of the fruit of the tree, you shall surely die. But God showed grace and mercy. Again, they got to experience the love of God. 
And as I enjoyed your praise and worship time, there were a number of songs that reminded us that no matter what we go through, God is still with us. He still loves and cares for us. And at the end of the day, that's all we have to stand on. That's all we have to stand on is the fact that we are loved of the Lord. And that's encouraging. And my brothers and sisters, we celebrate today with you because God is love. And it is in love that he has sustained you for eight years. Now, you may think eight years is not a long uh, period of time. But there are those who started church plants and didn't make it eight years. Amen. I remember when my brother who pastors a church in Montgomery, he came to uh, share with us on our 18th church anniversary. And he commended us. And he and that reminded me that God is faithful, that we do not make one year without the faithfulness of God, let alone eight years or even more. It's because of the love of God. Love starts uh, with the Lord. I can recall the Lord when he was restoring Peter to ministry service. Peter and his friends had gone out fishing. And then the Lord had prepared a meal for them there at the bank. And they recognized uh, who it was and who but Peter breaking out, running to the Lord. And as the Lord began to converse with him, the Lord asked uh, Peter this question. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Perhaps Peter had uh, once again returned to his vocation. He was heartbroken. He was crestfallen. But but again, to see the Lord, and, and, and again, this is the goodness of the Lord. The Lord appears, and Peter sees him, he runs to him. And God, in Christ, allowed this act to touch his heart in a special way uh, that I'm certain it lifted a tremendous burden. But the idea, the idea is this, uh, Peter, do you love me? If you do, then feed my sheep. If you love me, feed my sheep. If you love me, feed my my sheep, my lambs. When you understand the character and nature of sheep, it is the love of God that constrains us to serve them unconditionally. Amen? Uh, yes, you, you're right, Pastor. You've been out. You've been uh, meeting with people. Uh, definitely recruiting, however you would like to describe it. But at the end of the day, you do it because you love the Lord. Amen? Do you love the Lord? If you love the Lord, we will feed his sheep. And I've been doing it for 24 years, and it's all because of the love of God. What did Paul say? Woe is me if I preach not the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Woe is me if I do not love God's people, shepherd God's people, the way he would have me to shepherd them. In the 13th uh, chapter of 1 Corinthians, you have, uh, if you will, uh, the love chapter. And Paul writes this concerning love, and this is something you need to keep in mind. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. 
It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And Paul would go on to say, now abide in faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these three is love. First of all, as you celebrate, uh, I want to commend you for having demonstrated a spirit of love, which is the foundation of ministry. TBC, you have proven your service, secondly, by your style of service. There is a style of service that is referenced in this verse. Listen to what uh, the writer writes. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown. Now, when I study, I compare a number of different translations to see which one perhaps would actually communicate you know, in a more vivid way what I would like to say. In looking at the King James, uh, New King James Version, it states, God is not unjust. He would not forget your work and labor of love. You see, I, I like that because what he did, it, it provided a dualism. It provided, if you will, a compound to help us really grasp and appreciate what work really was. And when you add the concept of labor to it, it gives us a, a, a it gives us, if you will, uh, more intensity about what it is we have been called to do. Service that God approves and is a blessing to people is that which is sacrificial. That's the style of service that the writer speaks of here. That is what God has called us to do to render service that is sacrificial. Such service has the idea of one who toils, makes personal sacrifices, and is willing to deny themselves. At the end of the day, if we are going to make a difference in people's lives, we have to be willing to sacrifice. We have to be willing to deny ourselves. The gospel ministry is not a ministry of convenience or ease. It costs to serve the Lord. It costs. And uh, those of you who are in attendance today and, and perhaps you're rejoicing over God's movement uh, in the ministry, there have been those who have been toiling. There have been those who have been laboring. And, and, and today you celebrate that. And well, you should. But it would be a blessing if others would come alongside because it says many hands make less work, make light work. Praise be to God. But we're thankful to God for the faithful. Amen. We're thankful to God for that. Like Christ, we were not called to be served, but to serve in the spirit of Romans 12, 1, which says, present your bodies, yourselves a living sacrifice. When you, when you stop and think about uh, those verses, uh, this speaks of personal sanctification out of which our service flows. When we grow in our sanctification, then we're able to render service to God that is sacrificial because we want to imitate Christ in terms of his service. We are not to love in word only, but in deed and in truth. Praise be to God. And from my observation and from the Spirit's 
a moving in my own heart, you have proven your service with your style of service. You have been sacrificial in doing what God has called you to do. TBC, you have also proven your service by your scope of service. This verse speaks of scope. It speaks of what it is that you have been called to do. In these, you will find this in these words. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love. And here's the emphasis. You have shown him as you have helped his people and continued to help them. We're talking about the scope of the service. Service that God approves. And it's a blessing to people is that which is directed toward God first and people second. In order to effectively serve people, first of all, we have to be willing to be what? Surrendered and committed to the Father himself. And when it's directed, uh, if you will, vertically first, then and only then will it be effective on a horizontal level. Now, oftentimes we'll, uh, again, trying to honor what God has called us to do without realizing that it starts, first of all, with our vertical connection with him. That from that relationship, then and only then can we minister on a horizontal plane to impact the lives of other people. So at the end of the day, Christ must be the center. But more than the center, we must be submitted. We must be surrendered. We must be yielded to Christ in every aspect of our lives. And that is hard to do when we think about the culture in which we live. We live in a culture that says to us, uh, we need to rely on our own skills, gifts, and ability. We, we, we go to the schools that we attend a lot of time would say to us that through our training, through our education, we ought to be able to make it happen. But pastor said he was trying to make it happen, but until he let go and let God then and only then did he began to see the vision that God had given him come to fruition. That vertical relationship must be in place must be intact, must be maintained. And when that is, when that is being maintained as the Lord has required, then and only then can we make a difference in people's lives. Let me put it another way. Service is to be done to the glory of God and for the good of God's people. What we do is done to the glory of God, brother, uh, Pastor Shipman and I, we were talking about what we do at the end of the day. It's not about our popularity. It's not about whether or not somebody see, whether or not somebody, uh, uh, you know, knows what we're doing. I came to the place in my life a long time ago that I am about pleasing the one who is above. I have an audience of one that I want to please. Amen. And if I'm able to please him, praise be to God, then somewhere down the line, I will be able to impact those that he has called me to shepherd. But to know that this audience of one, if, if you think about it in that way, every day that you you uh, awake, every day that you go out into the world, if your mindset is that I want to please him who saved me, please him who redeemed me, then I, I say to you, you're well on your way, amen? 
Because if you're concerned with pleasing him, then as you interact with others on a horizontal plane, you're going to reflect the love of Christ as you interact with them. Amen? You're going to do it every time. The scripture says whether we eat or drink or whatever we do, we do, we are to do it as unto the Lord. We do what we do. Uh, and we do it all to the glory of God. It's not about us. Paul uh, asked a question in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. What is it that you have that it wasn't given to you? Well, whatever we are in ministry, God is responsible for it all. Amen? Uh, we, we, we can talk about our educational pursuits, but guess what? God is responsible. Who gave us the mind? Who gave us, if you will, the capacities and the abilities to accomplish the things that we have accomplished? All glory be to God. Spurgeon had a nice little small book that he wrote, and it was entitled, All of Grace. All of Grace. Work hard, study, do what you are called to do, but recognize from whence it comes. It's God who gives us the capacity, the ability to do the things that he has appointed that we do. Amen? It's God who does this. In Matthew 25, we talk about the style of service. In Matthew 25, there is the service test, which recognizes those who had proven service, the service test. Uh, in, in those verses, the Lord uh, says, when I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was a stranger, you took me in. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was sick, you came to see me. And when I was in prison, you came to me. Now, as the Lord is recognizing and commending these individuals, their response is, Lord, when, when did we do this to you? When did we do it? See, if you are serving as God has called you to serve, you're not keeping record. You, 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 you do not, if you will, every time you do something for someone, you go and you write it down. You just do it because God has called you to do it. Uh, let, let me help you here. When God uses you, uh, there are times you're just in the spirit, blessing and serving as he has called you to serve. And there are people who will come back and say, I remember you, you did thus and so. And you ask yourself, but when did I do all of that? I don't recall doing that. But that's a barometer. That gives you, if you will, an indication that it's not about, if you will, trying to keep up with what you're doing. The idea is you're just trying to be a blessing to the people of God. Amen. But guess who is keeping record? God is keeping record. Amen. He is doing it. Praise be to God. But it's not up to us to do that. But to complete uh, the service test, the Lord says at the end of this, so surely I say to you, and as much as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it unto me. We're talking about the uh, style of service. It's sacrificial. It's, it, it involves giving ourselves away, praise be to God, and engaging in other people. And it's not an easy thing. Because once you get involved in some of these relationships, they can be a little tough, can't they? But at the end of the day, praise be to God. I think about God dealing with me. I was tough, but he didn't give up. You say he didn't give up on us, right? Then we, we are called likewise to reflect the heart and the mind of Christ as we interact with one another. Praise be to God.
TBCS, I went on and prepare to finish up. You have proven your service by your span of service. And this is found in verse 11. Hear the words uh, of the Lord. We want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end in order to make your hope sure. Your span of service, service that God approves, and it's a blessing to people is that which occurs over a lifetime. Hello, over a lifetime. When it comes to God's work, there is no such thing as retirement. There's no such thing as retirement. I know we like to say, Lord, I've been in it for a while. <laughs> when can I retire? Go home and sit on, and we don't have front portraits anymore, but go home and sit on the deck in my rocking chair. Praise be to God. Just thanking God for my journey. But let me say this. Uh, what God has called us to is not about retirement. One's assessment may change. However, uh, assignment rather may change. However, as long as there is life and the physical and mental capacities to serve, we labor until God dismisses us or calls us home. Hello, we need to really recognize and understand that because no matter how old we get, we can serve. I think about what the Lord said, I call the young because they're strong, but I call the young, the old rather, because they know the way. And guess what? These young people need to be sitting in the presence of the older people who know the way, who knows what God can do who are able to say to you, honey, you're going through a difficult time right now, uh, but just be patient, hang in there. God is going to see you through. See, young people need to know today that God is faithful and that he will bring them through life's challenges and difficulties. It's important that we understand uh, that we have been called to serve. There are a lot of able-bodied Christians who have classified themselves as retired from kingdom work. We serve as long as God says so. Paul wanted to retire early in the ministry, but God said, not yet, Paul, not yet. Philippians 1, in Philippians 1, he talks of being torn, rather being torn between two choices. But in chapter 3, he writes, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on. He thought he could get an early retirement, but the Lord said, Paul, I'm not through with you yet. I'm not through with you yet, praise be to God. And this pressing that he speaks of is both personal in the sense that he needed to continue to grow and mature, but in that process, he still needed to be involved in public ministry, public service, praise be to God. So he's still realizing that it's not time for him. Now, now, Paul wanted to retire and go to heaven. That's a good place to go, amen? But the Lord said, Paul, I, I know I hear your heart, uh, but I'm not ready for you yet. You haven't finished the work I've called you to do. Then in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, he finally can write, I have fought the good fight. I have finished my race. I have kept the faith. He tell young Timothy, Timothy, come before winter. The time of my departure is at hand. The Lord had, if you will, affirm and confirm that, Paul, you can retire now. I'm about to call you away now. But until he does that, we continue to be faithful in our service. Lastly, TBC and I'm done. You have proven your service by your satisfaction 
from your service. Verse 10, the verse, uh, first part of it. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and labor of love. God is not unjust. Sometimes we're working hard and we wonder if God sees. We wonder if God knows. But yes, God sees. God knows. Amen. And that's, that's is something that should encourage our hearts and, and keep us focused on what God has called us to. Even when people do not recognize or say thank you or even pat you on the back, I, I, I had to deal with that issue. I had to settle that issue a long time ago. Lord said, Larry, stop looking for that. Stop for you to do. Amen. Pleasing that on. That's the most important thing. Service that God approves. And it's a blessing to people is that which brings satisfaction to God, but not only satisfaction to God, it brings satisfaction to our own heart. When we know we have done the things that God has called us to do, there is joy in that. There is peace in that. There is a satisfaction and a fulfillment that nothing in this world could give us. Amen? No matter what we achieve on a personal level concerning credentials, concerning career opportunity, things of that nature, nothing satisfies us as knowing that the Lord is satisfied with our service. That is so enriching. That is so, so encouraging. What gives the service, the, the servant brother of God their greatest satisfaction? It is that God remembers proven service. The greatest satisfaction we have is that God remember. God sees what we're doing. He knows what we were doing when nobody else saw us. Amen. He knows what we're doing. And this may not uh, tie in exactly, but uh, again, Peter asked the Lord to quirk. They're, they're serving. They're serving. Peter, man, you know, he was on fire for the Lord. But Peter asked the question, Lord, we have left all to follow you. And Peter wanted to know, what's in it for us? We still have not seen in a benefit, and he's thinking in terms of material, if you will, benefit from serving God. But the Lord reminded him that, uh, I see what you're doing, Peter. And, and understand and know, uh, in this life, you shall reap a tremendous harvest. And that is what we have to always uh, remember, that God sees what we're doing. TBC, I believe God is satisfied with your service. He is not unjust, unfair, unreasonable, and unrighteous to forget or overlook your work and your labor of love. He is not unjust. He is not unfair. He is not unrighteous. He sees it. And here's the beauty of it. We're not doing it for ourselves. We're doing it for his glory. And he's going to glorify himself. Amen. He is going to glorify himself. God is satisfied with you. First of all, he's satisfied with your temporal service. Building buildings. This building has been renovated. It's beautiful. It's a wonderful place where the people of God can come together to worship. He's satisfied with your budgets. Yeah, yeah, Reverend, I heard that your budget wasn't as big as you would like it to be. Uh, but, but praise be to God, he's able to take that which his people give and to multiply them, amen, and to cause those monies that people give to accomplish his will and his purpose. He's also satisfied with the programs. 
programs that minister to the needs of the people. They're very important because, again, that's the call of what? Making disciples. You have employed and instituted those programs that will grow and mature God's people in faith. But then there is a greater service I believe he's satisfied with. He's satisfied with your building people. That's eternal service, building people at the end of the day. We can't solve all people's problems. We can't tell everybody that uh, they're going to be prosperous. Jesus said the poor you would have with you always. But while they may be poor in this, in this uh, world's material goods, they are those who are rich in faith. And if you read James, the Lord uh, inspired James to write that the Lord, Blesses those who are poor, he gives them much faith that they may trust and believe him, that they are indeed rich in faith. So it's not so much that we don't have everything we need in this life. What we do have is most important. We have a relationship with Jesus Christ, our Lord, the great I am. And whatever you need, you can just fill in the blank. And he'll be there for you. Amen. Celebrate proven service. Today I want to exhort you to continued faithfulness. As you continue to prove your service, the day will come when the Lord will express his satisfaction with these eternal words. Well done, good and faithful servants. Praise be to God. Thank you for this time.